Welcome to Spellstorm Miniatures, a podcast about miniature wargaming, including War Machine and Hordes by Privateer Press. We want to inspire you to play more. To Spellstorm Miniatures episode 19. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Dan. I'm Chad. And we have a very exciting episode for you today because this past weekend was lock and load. And so we have a lot of things to share with you and talk about and just kind of, uh, you know, just uh, look, look back and retrospect and, uh, and uh, look forward to next year too, actually. Um, before we get there, um, why don't we talk about any games that uh, we have played uh, recently, non-lock and load related? Any games at all? Uh, not me. Not no. you? Okay. No, I had to, uh, my work schedule is a little different, so I actually had to work Wednesday night instead of getting off in the evening and trying to play some more Monpoc. Oh, yeah. And I was just, the last few days of, before the trip were kind of hectic. I was getting some painting done and working a bunch before... We uh, yeah. before we left Thursday because I was losing basically the back half of my work week. Cause that's I work, true. Because I work yeah. weekends, so that's I true. worked Tuesday when I normally don't. Uh, I worked Tuesday and then Wednesday evening, um, so I didn't get to really play very much. Yeah. I got to play plenty at Lock and Load. So yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, Dan, any any kind of games? No, I mean if watching games counts, that's about it. Watch machine <laughs> counts absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I think uh, I think I've been pretty games light because I was trying to get things painted for lock and load, and so I spent more time hobbying than than anything else. I did get a song of ice and fire game in with Nick, oh, yeah. and in between our last episodes, and that was pretty good. We did not play on a scenario; we just had just um, you know just open table. Just a slugfest. It was a slugfest, and <laughs> and I think if there was a scenario, then we would have um, yeah. you know. Probably probably went to a conclusion, but um, but what was very interesting is I got to play the the regroup card, which allows me to to redeploy yeah. um, a free folk unit that um, had been you know taken out earlier in the game, and so uh, that was pretty cool to be able to do that, and uh, yeah, it was great. So War Machine games, huh? Mm-hmm. War Machine games. I played War. I played more War Machine games this weekend than I have in the last like. Yeah. Probably three months yeah with the exception of the king of coins tournament uh yeah yeah it was good it was really great and yeah yeah yeah, we so we got a lot of games in let's talk about some of our games maybe some highlights and some of the some of the folks we played and uh and then later we'll talk about just kind of lock and load and general stuff so there's a lot of things to to cover a lot of things were revealed yeah i was fully prepared to uh start grinding games out in the iron arena so last year they had a really big wall scroll um that was like probably about a foot and a half or two feet wide and like eight feet long that had krios in it um and it was one of the prices you could get in the iron arena it was like just it was like 80 skulls or something like that and I missed out on getting it last year to hang up at the shop, which I thought would have been really cool, but I, I had the idea too late. And I was going to do that this year if they had it, and they didn't have it there. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to like hang out and play some casual games and stuff. So um, I mostly played against locals or people that I knew because, <laughs> because I've gone to Lock and Load every single year. Um, you the, actually the know a lot of people. Yeah, and the nostalgia of playing against a bunch of random people has kind of worn off on me. And a lot of it kind of has to do with just the fact that I don't get to play as much anymore. And so when you play a lot and you play your local group a lot, it's nice to go somewhere else and play different people who have different metas and build lists differently. And that was because I don't get to play very much, I just kind of wanted to hang out with my friends that I don't really get to see or play against very much. And so I played, let's see, I got to play, my first game was against Jason Luxamunda, or Luxamana. And during the keynote, I turned around and I pointed at him. I was like, "You, you owe me a game." <laughs> and he tried to he tried to weasel out of it, and he was like, oh, "I don't want to play on the scenario table without any painted miniatures." And I'm like, "Use my circle army. I've got enough stuff. We can both make a list." Nice. And so we played on the bridge. Nice. Um, 
and he ended up winning that game. Uh, who else did I play? I played against some other people. Uh, mostly, mostly people I know. But I got to play a game against uh, Quinn from the Olympia area, uh, or Pine, as he's also known. Uh, he played Makeda Three into me, and I played Grail Devourer's Host. So that was a really good game. Uh, I managed to survive two assassination attempts barely by the skin of my teeth and some bad dice rolls on his part. Um, yeah, I played and I played some other. I got to play a game against Arthur. We had another Crucible Guard versus Circle game. Nice. And uh, Kruger 2 got to murder the crap out of Sylvester. It felt <laughs> super good. <laughs> Kruger 2 out of theme got to murder the crap out of Sylvester. It was awesome. Um, Who's so that? I can't remember who else I played against. Who'd you, who'd you play, Jeremiah, other than Oz? Uh, well, okay, actually, so <laughs> I want to say thank you to James. So when Oz and I first walked into the Iron Arena and we were settling down to play a game, uh, we were figured we were just going to play each other, get the first game done, and just kind of warm up or whatever, and, and then branch out and try to meet new people, right, which can be really scary for mm-hmm. a 12-year-old, uh, you know, and, yeah. you know, and for a 39-year-old, honestly, in a big, you know, at the, at lock and load. And so, uh, so James walks up, and he's like, you two play each other a lot. Why don't you guys split up, and I'll play, and, you know, and so, uh, so I played James, and I actually don't remember who was standing next to James, and he pointed him to play Oz. And <laughs> so, and so, uh, so. Was it, it Brad? Uh, no, it was not Brad. No, and that's the thing, because I can't remember who. It's someone who I don't know very well, okay. but I know his local because I recognize his face. Okay. And so I've seen him before. And so oh, I just can't remember his name right now. And so uh, and so we uh, got that game kind of under under my belt. I played Indicators, played Zakar, just went back to my old, you know, trusty, you know, first Warlock in Scorn. And and I it didn't do so good. It wasn't so good. I just made you know. I just oh well okay. That was a nice warm up one. <laughs> but I played a bunch of people. I played um, a dude from California uh, whose name I can't remember. I played two guys from Australia. Uh, one guy's name is Robin. He came up to participate in one of the events. I think the Champions event. Okay. And cool. and he had a beautifully painted um, Manoth army. And it was purple and pink. It was clearly airbrushed and oh, I heard about nicely that highlighted. Lot. Oh yeah. yeah, the the disco metal. Yeah, and what was really funny is he was sort of shy about it because in his area apparently there are some really nice painters. Huh. And so he was like, "This he's is nothing like, compared to yeah, the guys yeah, I play against. Yeah, you should see what they have." Yeah, he's you like, know? "Oh, yeah. you know, it looks yeah. pretty good, but yeah. it's, you know, yeah. it's like." But it's like fourth place amongst the people that are. Yeah, it was, it's like first place life. for me, man. It was it was nice, and and the thing was, and the thing is, is he had this, oh, uh, he had a adjudicator, and then he had the church, mm-hmm. and for the life of me, I can't remember who his caster was, but it was uh, it was pretty nasty, and he had Seb Zero in there, and so the adjudicator was just doing nasty things to me, mm-hmm. and and so, but then the really nice thing is, it was the last game on Friday night. And it's getting close to midnight, and we're both kind of tired. And 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 but he was very careful in explaining everything that he did, and it was it, nice. it was a really good learning experience. And yeah. and so, and then but his his buddy um, who is a Canadian by way of Australia, <laughs> um, it's Brian who is of Dark Guidance fame. Okay. And so he was hanging around, and he was like, "Hey, I'll play you in the morning." And so I got up the next morning and, and played Brian. Uh, from Dark Guidance, and That's cool. and he played. We, it was a scorn on scorn, and we played the train scenario. Mm-hmm. And he had Makeda, oh, okay. and, yeah, and he had Makeda three. And I decided to draw Morgul two. I think uh, by that time I was more comfortable. Yeah. I was playing Morgul two like solidly. I, I played all, every one of my casters at least once, um, but I think I rested on Morgul two, you know, until the rest of it. Uh, and uh, and with the train scenario, the way that it goes is it moves across the track. Mm-hmm. After each player's turn, you roll a d3, and it's d3 plus whatever turn it is. So d3 plus one, d3 plus two, okay. kind of thing. And so it's slowly moving across. And if you happen to be 
impacted by it. You take a pal twenty. Yeah. <laughs> it's wicked bad. It's a it's a pal twenty and, and you're slammed like D six plus four inches or something like that. Like, and I almost crazy. had my I wasn't planning ahead because it goes after my turn, then it goes after your opponent's turn. Uh, and, oh no. And my um uh my desert hydra may have been in the wrong place. Except Brian goes, you know it's gonna move after my turn again and I go, Oh so he kind of helped. He kind of helped me there on that one. He gave me a little, uh, uh, a little plus right there. But uh, by the end of it, and, and the way that it goes, by the end of it, you have uh, whoever you have to have your caster within two inches of the train, and if you do, you win, unless your opponent also has their caster, and then the tiebreaker is the number of models within two inches of the train. And so we get to the end, and I'm the only one near it. So he he has to play to win by moving his caster two inches of the train. And and I have and so I can and so but the thing is is we counted the models I have more models and so no matter what I was gonna win and but I also had an attempt for assassination and so I was satisfied to shake hands and but he and both both Robin and Robin was there at the moment he goes no 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 you got to play for flair you got to go for the assassination yeah. too yeah and you so kill that other caster yeah get off my train pretty much and so I tried I failed. Um, but I won anyway. Yeah. So and it was it was a, it was a lot of fun. I love the scenario tables very much. Yeah, there there's yeah. a lot of really cool ones, and they're beautiful tables too. Yeah. Another another person <laughs> I got to play was Stan from Disciples of Agony. Okay. And so he played Zal Chu Exalted into me, I think. And I think he had one Supreme Guardian, and the table was rough. There were two um, obstructions that were not building shape. They were kind of like a, the bit. They were kind of like a zigzag with rubble on the side. But we played with the whole base as being obstructed, which meant that um, it created a funnel in the middle of the table, mm. and that's where everything happened. And I had a rough time getting my hydra in the right place at the right time, and. And then uh, one thing I learned is uh, defensive strike is bad. Yeah. And so yeah, that's very good. So he moved into position. I had counter charge, and he was like, "Do you want to counter charge?" Yeah. Sure. Let me do that. <laughs> and then he's like, "Cool, defensive strike before you counter charge." You're like, "No." So I, I learned a few things, yeah. and and Stan just kind of shrugged his shoulders, like, "Yeah, you know, you live, you learn." <laughs> <laughs> there was no Brutal. mercy. No mercy. <laughs> True disciple of agony. You will learn by pain. Yeah. yeah. So no, it was great. It was really great. And um, and I uh, so let's see. So I played yeah, two guys from Australia. I did the dude from California and a couple locals. I played two guys who are local who have never played before. Okay. Um, Jason and Ryan. So that was fun. And yeah. then I played a couple guys that I already know, uh, James and, and I did get a game line of JC. And he asked me, what do I want to see? And so I, I hadn't played against two turtles in a while, so I asked to see that. And so he, um, he put those on the table. And, and he, you know, he came out, and I punched him hard, and I killed both turtles. And I, and I felt really good until his punch back. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So he wasn't even sweating. He was just yeah. like, yeah, okay, my turtles are gone. But I have all these other things in place. Yeah. And, and had I... Um, he had some those those range guys, those min unit, uh, the th artillery. Um, there's a, two different types. The reavers. Yeah, the, the reaver, reaver crew or something. Yeah. <clears throat> had I cast sandstorm, I would have been fine. Oh yeah. But I didn't cast sandstorm, and I, and the thing is, I had the fury to do it. I I'd only used two fury for my um, for my desert hydro, which had two left, and I didn't do it. And so I was just in range for both those guys to get me, soften me up. Oh, and shoot. Yeah. So that, and once I lost the Hydra, then I, that's when I was really in a bad spot. Yeah. And so, you know, and going up 2-0 on scenario doesn't mean anything if your opponent can tie it right back. And then you don't have ability to, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it was really good. That was my Saturday night game. And then, and then Sunday, um, all we did was go to the Mompok Dev Chat. Mm -hmm. And that was great. And so we came back to the Iron Arena and... Oz and I finally got our game in. <laughs> so, and uh, we set up, we, we played. Um, so I went, he went, and then I said, and I said, are you sure you want to 
do all that and he, and he felt quite confident and I said well let me show you what the desert hydra does and so I, <laughs> I assassinated the gristle and, and I said hey and I did it without moving any pieces I was like let me just, let's just play it out and then and if I'm successful um, great which I felt confident that I would be and then if I'm not then we'll just play as is and but if I am then we'll just leave everything where they are and then and then, uh, and then we'll play from there, and I'll do something different on my turn, maybe play for scenario. And so I, I just used some proxies, assassinated Gristle, and then re-racked, and we kept playing. It was good. So, and then he had an assassination attempt on me that I didn't see coming, and his dice were bad. If his dice were stronger, he would have got me. So it, it was good. It was a good bet. It was, I'm glad we did that. So. I remember who my other games were against now. Yes, do it. See, I <laughs> so, knew if I talked long enough, you'd get there. <laughs> so after, after I played a game with Jason, I did a, uh, a 2v2 match with Nathan, uh, Scott's son, against two other players that we didn't know. Uh, and Nathan and I were on opposing teams. Um, my teammate and I ended up losing that game because I missed a boosted 8 that I needed against a skin in modes with KF3. And so then I had to buy and boost another attack after casting Synergy, uh, and it left me naked, and I tried to block myself, but Ch uh, Nathan was playing the child and used Force Hammer to knock my two beasts down, and then mm. Kea got shot twice in the face with a Charger, uh, which is why Chargers are bullcrap. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I got to play, I only got to play one Mon Poc game this weekend, which I was a little mm. disappointed about. Uh, but I, I was trying to find somebody else that I knew to play, and it just didn't, Richard and I just didn't quite uh, get a match lined up. Uh, but I played one game against the one and only Death Clock Dave Avery. Nice. And uh, I smashed his monsters, <laughs> playing Defender X and Sky Sentinel. Uh, he was playing Hammer Clack and Rogzor, and I got to I got to alley oop Hammer Clack across the battlefield. Oh. Uh, through some good dice rolls. I grabbed him with Defender X, threw him across the battlefield, and then Sky Sentinel suplexed him into two buildings. Nice. For, like, <laughs> most of his health track. And then the next turn, I suplexed him into another hazard uh, through some more good dice rolls. And uh, Dave missed a couple of crucial attacks, and so Defender X ended up living with one or two hit points. And uh, when I finished off, again, alley-ooping, throwing Rogzor over to Sky Sentinel's feet, who then suplexed him into a building. And then the next turn, I think, um, I think I threw him into another building. I can't remember how I finished off Rogzor. Yeah. But uh, it, was a, it was a good game. It was a lot of fun. Dave's a cool guy. Um, he's from the Kamloops area. He has a pod, uh, he has a, a stream once a week called Death Clock Dave, where he has various people on there. Nice. Usually playing War Machine, occasionally playing Monpok. And then I got one more War Machine game at the Before you go there, can I ask a question? Sure. The, uh, the two monsters, so you had Ragzor? Ragzor. Rag is that the starter one? No, that's okay. the other Planet Eater, the one that's okay. more ranged focused. Okay, that's yeah. one that Ozzy doesn't have. Because Ozzy was running the starter planet either. Gorgadra, with, yeah. Uh, Gorgadra, that's the one. With, uh, with Hammerclack. And, oh. and he, had oh. a lot, he had a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, I a, think, that's a melee monster combo. Like. Yeah. I think Ozzy played more Monpot games than more Machine games. But he oh, played like sweet. and I, he played like twice as many games. I got nine games in over the weekend, and I think he played that's at least 16. Than, that's more than me. I yeah. played... Uh, I played five War Machine games, one Monpot game, and one Riot Quest demo. Ozzy was a machine. Yeah. He had his heart set on something in the in the price support, and so he was in line Sunday morning to get it. And then like one guy like five up got it before him, the last one. Oh, and so he was no. like but he worked so hard. Yeah. He tried so hard. So uh, and then, you got you broke that kid's heart. <laughs> well, he didn't know it's okay. I, I, I mean I'm I mean everyone, you know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, a little bit after um a little bit after my game with Dave, I went to dinner with Aaron Allen, Corey Doyle, and a bunch of other people. Nice. Uh, we went to Cheesecake Factory, had some food, and then we came back and... They served food there? Yeah, right? Oh, I know. okay. Um, good food. And we came back, and I had a very delicious pork chop and mashed potatoes. It was tasty. Um, <laughs> and then we came back, and there were still people in the Iron Arena, and we were looking at the schedule. It was like, oh, Iron Arena closes at, at 11.59, and it's like... 
well, it's 11.45 now, and I don't see anyone getting ready to throw us out. I was like, hey, Brant, do you want to play a game? He's like, yeah, sure. So we went and got models. Brant Cullen is another one of the guys from Canada. I can't remember if he's from Victoria or if he's from the Kamloops area. I think he's from Kamloops. But he's a pretty good scoring player. <coughs> I met him a couple of years ago at Attack X, along with like Dave Avery and Corey Doyle and some of those other Canadian guys. And so he played Zal 2 Immortals, and I played Grail Devhost. Uh, and I was winning that game, despite losing my, uh, my entire battle group. Oh. Um, and he's still having his Supreme Guardian, but I was up 6-3 to three on Scenario. Uh, but I only had 25 seconds left on my clock. Oh, okay. And so he was able to clear his own and score a flag, so he was going to score 2 and I was going to score 1. And I may have been able to contest and stop him from scoring again, but I didn't have enough time to try and close the game out. And Zal was far enough away from Grail that Grail couldn't get to him because I was in a very dangerous place. Yeah. Um, but it was a really good game, and I felt I felt good about how I showed because I haven't played very much recently. And uh, that Grail list always takes a ton of time. Like there's always one turn where I burn like 25 minutes, and it's yeah. usually feet turn because there's so much movement going on. And you have to be really careful about um, where you're putting your attacks to try and trigger your feet movements and stuff. So, uh, But it was really good. And then I played... Scott and I pushed some models against each other on Saturday. And then I played a game <laughs> nice. of Riot Quest, which was a ton of fun. Although I'm a little salty because we sat down at the table and Hungerford was like, I'm going to tell you boys right now. I don't lose demos of my own game. <laughs> and I was like, all right, everybody, it's get hunger for a time. And so he, um, it was very close. He was at six. We were playing to seven points, basically. You, you earn bounties and you get points for knocking out other, um, other hunters. I nice. Know they're referred to as other heroes. And he was at six and I was at five. And at the, start of, at the start of a turn, if a treasure chest or a bounty is missing, you always play with one treasure and two bounties. If one of them is missing, you replace them. And Hungerford replaced a bounty with a two-point bounty, basically right next to where one of his unactivated heroes was. And so he's like, oh, I'm just going to activate and do this. And I'm like... The turn before I was going to win. And I was trying so hard to foil him and... Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's actually a game that I think is most fun probably with four people because yeah. everyone has four heroes on the table, four heroes on the table at one time, and they spawn at random locations. There's one of six random locations, and the treasure spawns at one of six random locations all over the map, and so it's a very kind of random rush into the center. Yeah. And try and avoid getting blown up by the other people. And so with more players, it's more chaos. See, I love the chaos. Yeah. Um, so is it Matt Wilson? Is he the, the head guy? Yeah, he's the chief creative director, I believe is his okay. title. So I was um, talking with him like Saturday afternoon. It was just he and me just happened to be in the store. And it's just the two of us. And it was really sparse at that moment. And we were just talking about all of the games, and, and when Riot Quest came up, and his son is eight, and and so and he was talking about how he, you know, eventually he wants his son to get playing War Machine and things like that, but he's he's his eyes are set on getting Riot Quest. Yeah. At, you know, I'm sure he's probably already taken it home, but you know, <laughs> but but at least introducing Riot Riot Quest to his son, and and we had a, and one of the things that he mentioned was he thinks that Riot Quest might be the best intro minis game to anyone who's never played a minis it game. Is, it is pretty good. It's actually pretty simple. Everyone's got... Everyone really only has like two or three hit points. You do a damage at a time unless you can kind of combo point uh, combo things, yeah. kind of like in Monster, uh, in Monster Apocalypse. It uses the same dice system as mm -hmm. Monster Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. um, and there's cool... There's other familiar things to like the MOBA type games where you can... Uh, whenever you get treasure chests, you get loot, and you can use the loot to buy items to put onto your dues to make yeah. it cooler. And uh, it's a pretty easy system. Um, I think in the first... It takes a little bit to explain and set up and stuff like that, but about in the first 20 minutes, uh, we were sitting there, and Hungerford was like, all right, guys, 
we're about like 20 minutes in or something like that, you now know 90% of the rules of this game. Nice. That you basically, pretty much everything that you need to know. There's probably some other intricacies where you can get... um, And then some hero interactions might be a little more... But but yeah. in general, you know how to but play in the general, game really it's, quickly. It's a pretty straightforward game. The yeah. stats are all pretty simple. No hero has uh, every single hero has three abilities or like three yeah yeah three abilities, and most people have a range attack and a melee attack. Some people only have like a melee attack, and all of those stats are like really really simple. So and the cards are like designed fun. Yes, um, I. I think it's scheduled for a Gen Con release. Yes. Uh, September is really when it's slated. And Dan, how old is your son? So he's six. He's six? He's getting to that age. Do you think you might try Riot Quest with him? We might. I mean, it looks kind of fun. Like I said, maybe we need to get Mr. Wilson on to make that bold statement of... uh, (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he's, like I said, he already's, like, gone through, and, like, he would grab my phone through War Room and, like, Mm -hmm. knows, like all the trolls, right, you know, yeah. maybe slightly different names, and he calls them, you know, like, pirate instead of fire troll, fire troll, stuff like that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, come on, yeah. it's a fire troll anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, True. we know what it's you know, <laughs> um, You know, or king of the sea instead of sea king, but anyway. Oh, that's so, so cool. It's, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he could probably get it. I mean, it seems, again, kind of simple enough. The models look fun and weird. I mean, like, you know. Yeah. It is definitely, yeah. I think, Privateer Press's creative outlet for all the like yes. crazy ideas that they want to do that they can't really get away with in War Machine, or uh, you can kind of get away with it in Monster Apocalypse just because of the it's yeah. kaiju it's kaiju fighting in a city. Yeah. But I think Riot Quest is really where they're like, okay, let's do some crazy ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And Hungerford yeah. expressed some of those during the keynote. He did. He was like yeah. throwing out these, re- he, he was talking about it. he and Matt Wilson were sitting around and Matt Wilson was just like, hey, pitch me some ideas. And yeah. Hungerford was like, okay, okay. How about this? How about there's, the world's over. There's four Nayslayers left. And what if they dress up like the Horsemen of the Apocalypse? Yeah. And they, uh, and the, what was the, the name of them? Oh, I can't remember what the name was now. The like, Four Horsey Men? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And Matt Wilson was like, yeah, do it. And yeah. was like, oh. Dude, what is oh. it? Can you imagine working for a boss who greenlights creative, insane ideas oh, yeah. like that? Can you imagine just the excitement of what that's like? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm not sure if he was serious, but I mean, we might have Chuck Dogwood coming into the game. Yeah, Chuck Dogwood is already yeah. in the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this total imaginary character that just yeah. came from game streaming. And... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Chuck yeah. Dogwood is a real is a real yeah. hero that's coming to Riot Quest and War Machine. Well, that's the thing. That's uh, what I love about Riot funny. Quest yeah. is if you buy into Riot Quest, you're going to get a model you yep. can use in War Machine. Yep, it's fifty bucks, and you that's get amazing. five models. You get all the cards yeah. you need, all the mat the mat you need, and then all the tokens yeah. you need. And uh, I guess technically, everyone needs at least the starter box because there's the card decks in there that have yeah. all the cards that you're going to need, like right. your hero cards, but then also your your loot cards that you can purchase, plus there's the the scrap deck. Every time uh, you knock out a, another hero, you pull from the scrap deck, and that gives you one victory point. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm looking forward to Teenage Mutant Ninja Terrorizer. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that what his name is? The the new the Teenage Agonizer. Oh, is that what it is? Uh, okay, I didn't. He has like a bandana on. Yeah. I saw. I saw. Yeah. I saw his it. name starts with a T. I can't remember I, what it is yeah. though. I saw the concept um, art for it, but I didn't hear a name or anything about it. Uh, yeah. The, the name starts with a T. Let me let me see if I can find it. You talk about it right. while I think. Well, I think well I can you find can find it. that one. I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of like cool ones, and that, that little guy I think is gonna be like a character light with, with Rush. So Storm's yeah. gonna have a nice little Rush bot there. Lesser. Little, little lesser, lesser. Yeah. yeah. Um. We've got yeah. 30, between now and Lock and Load next year, we've been told that they have 30 heroes slated for release. And that's pretty cool. And one of them is uh, Sam McCorn 2, the one-woman yes. show, who's basically just like in an, uh, like an open cockpit mech suit with rocket fists. And it's like, once again, Privateer is, like, I, I believe the Privateer Press is obsessed with rocket fists. Yeah. <laughs> and they're trying to put them in in absolutely every place that they can. And I don't agree that they're not cool, but it's like, come on, guys. This is like yeah. the fourth thing with rocket fists. <laughs> you got Sam, you got like, a, I can't remember the guy's name, but a, a goblin slingshotter or something like that. Oh, like, yeah. You know, like he's literally like capturing and shooting goblins. Yeah, I saw that dude. Like, come on. It's you a know? Grimkin model. He, yeah. I think he shoots gremlins. Or Gremlins, yeah, it's got like gremlins, this super yeah. cool, like big, high-powered slingshot. And yeah. He fires gremlins. Dude, I'm excited for the Cephalos hero. Yes, because he becomes a Warcaster attachment 
okay. in the game, and Cephalix needs a little bit of help. Yeah, well, and, and it has Spell Slave, I believe, or whatever, <gasps> so you can cast that. Oh, that's it. You need Ooh. one more TK? We oh, got you man. covered. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm a little yeah. excited. I, I wanted more information on the pig tank. You know, yeah. controls because come on, and then Helga on wheels, you know. Oh I read Helga. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. mini meat thresher. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> that was another one that uh, that Hungerford pitched to Matt Wilson, and and uh, Matt was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do it." And, and it's just it's a biker version of Helga, uh, wearing like a leather vest and jeans, and the leather vest has a a, a stitched heart on it with Carver's name in the middle of it. And she's basically riding a big wheel meat thresher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready and, to pick uh, that thing like right now. I already have ideas. Oh, that's so Fiora, that's Fiora so four. Fiora four. Yeah. Fiora four in like tattered robes with a flamethrower yeah. chainsaw. Yep. I think is what I heard. Yeah, that's that's what I heard too. Yeah, just I mean, which actually I I need to look at the. I think I'm gonna be able to use her in Infernal. Oh. Because I think Hearts of Darkness just says Fiora right. Warcaster. Oh man. Yeah. So that'll be really cool. Uh the thing that I'm really excited about actually for Riot Quest is the Skinwalker solo. Who's the Skinwalker Ombre, who apparently yes. is the wolf with no name, who's wearing like a poncho and a cowboy hat, and he's got like a big old rifle. And I asked I asked Hungerford, like right at the end of Sunday night, I think we were getting ready to leave. I was like, Hey Hungerford, can you can you tell me one thing? He's like, What? I was like, this lone wolf, is he, is he pretty sweet? And he's like, he's pretty cool. I was like, is he like, is he kind of like long chops and circle? He's like, he's better than long chops. I'm like, yes. Oh. <laughs> so I'm, I, I love the Skinwalkers. I ranted about this, I think Sunday or Saturday night. It's like the Skinwalkers are such awesome models and I wish that they were just a little bit better with rules it, it frustrates me that they're the only unit in, in all of circle that doesn't have pathfinder or placement effect so it's hard to get them up the field and uh they just don't have the offensive output that they used to last uh last edition and it, it just makes me a little sad because they're such cool models but they're you know they're meant to be tough and stuck in and heal but with how much like anti-healing or how much um like good um, quality shooting and stuff like that there is they just don't really have much of a place and the speed 5 with no pathfinder and relentless charge like it's hard to get them up the field and get them into the right position and unfortunately right. so before we like keep going down this like spiral of, <laughs> of uh, you know uh, lead info and everything I want to talk about cool models real quick uh, there was on Sunday afternoon on the table next to me um, there was a there was a guy playing some Signar and it was very clearly Signar and he had a hurricane. Oh yes. He, right? So his name is Timothy Black. Um and he's uh, he's actually an author and he's really into he really likes um werewolves and wolves or something. And, and cyberpunk. And, and cyberpunk, yeah, it's yeah, kinda of related to the stories that he writes. So he takes his entire Signar army and he turns them all into wolves. And so this hurricane has molded, um, like, or sculpted, excuse me, is the word <coughs> I want, uh, green stuff all over him. And he, and he told me how he, like, made the muscle texture and then how he made the fur and how he literally put it on, put it on the model and then he took tweezers and went like this. And, and it was really good radio. And just started plucking <laughs> at the green stuff and yep. just started to pull away. And he made every single first spike wow. and then he painted it and so it's basically and then he molded his own uh, big snouted yep. you know face for it yep. so pretty much it's a werewolf in a big hurricane armor yeah um, <laughs> nicknamed by someone that he knows the furricane yeah <laughs> and and so one the one the sculpting is amazing um and two the paint job is fantastic too and yeah. so from a distance is very clearly uh signar but something caught my eye, and I was like, there's something interesting about this model, and I need to go look at it. Yeah. And so I went over and talked to him about it. And so there's some there's some nicely painted you, stuff. You have also seen some of his other work locally. I don't remember who paints it. Yes. Mm. The Muppet-themed minions were done by Tim Black. Oh. Yeah. Who has those? I don't know the person's name, but it was done for a, a charity donation drive. I think that they did a couple that was done a couple of years ago, 
and the person who uh, who donated the most got an army. I think it was like a fifty point or seventy five point army of their choice, um, modified in a way of their choosing, and the person wanted a pharaoh army done like the Muppets. That's so, so cool. the meat thresher has like animal. I think it's animal <laughs> at the helm with the drums and everything, and then you've got. Oh, that's think, so appropriate. It's I so think cool. Beaker. I think Beaker is Targ. Okay. If I, I remember that's... right, there's a bunch oh. of other like. Wouldn't Doctor Arcadius be a good Beaker? No, because I think that's Doctor Teeth. Oh, okay. Um, that would actually be. Yeah, better. I think yeah. he's got the Beaker's entire kind of a support person. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's got the entire Muppet band. It's the Electric Mayhem. Yeah. I think all of Electric Mayhem is somewhere in the army. Uh, and then... Q song. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Uh, one of the... One of the Warhogs yeah. is the chef. The Swedish chef. Cool. I can't remember the other ones, but like it's, it's an insane conversion. And I got to see the stuff a few years ago when it was in works and then I got to see it one day one night at Renew Board when the person actually brought it in uh, I don't remember who has it I don't know what the person's name is but they, I believe they are a local you gotta find them yeah get them on yeah look at pictures oh with an army like that you gotta showcase it a lot yeah oh my goodness it's a it's a fantastic army yeah that's cool see I think I think Lock and Load was so much fun just even if the only thing you did was hang out in the Agon Arena you got to meet great people and see fun things. Yeah. Um, obviously, there were other things to participate in mm-hmm. and go, you know, go around and, and you know, we did our fair share of that. But uh, but like the, the hobby room, that was actually one place I wanted to spend more time in, but didn't get to. Yeah. Because I just didn't. I was just so focused on other yeah. things. <laughs> it's and it's so very from that venue. Unfortunately, it's very very detached from the rest of the stuff that's going on. It's very easy to kind of forget where it is. Yeah, it's pretty far. From yeah, from where we're yeah. playing. But I did get to I did go up and see uh, Jordan Lamb working on some stuff, talking about some things. Uh, that is also actually where I saw. Uh, I don't know who the three D artist is that works for Privateer that was working on it, but he was working on one of the new Monpok models. It's like the giant beetle. I think it's the Savage Swarm. I think he was working on. Okay. He was working on sculpting that. Showed me the three D rendering for Butcher Four. That's coming in Riot Quest. What? Oh, yeah, we uh, uh, completely forgot. Yeah. Uh, what else did I see? Uh, I got to see the three year rendering of the uh, the Brew uh, Sergeant Titanica, the fifty foot one. Yeah. That's, that's number one on my want list this summer. And that model looks super cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a Gen Con release, kind of like a yeah. Brew Brush was yeah. last summer. So. And then, um, and then I also got to see the 75 millimeter Totem Huntress that was fully assembled. Didn't you get one? I did. Oh, it's a very very cool model, and look, I can't wait to, to see it. To yeah. painting it, I heard they the there's extra fine detail on it. Yeah, and yeah, I was, uh, I was, I think I was talking to Jordan about it, and he was like, "Well, you can't just scale up a a 40 millimeter model; it won't look right. So you have to redo some of the details." Because I noticed yeah. when looking at it, like. You can actually see the teeth in the mouth. They changed what it is that they're that the totem huntress is holding. It's not a pharaoh head anymore. It's a it's a rope with some skulls like lashed around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some other details I think in the armor and just also in the skin texturing and things like that. So I'm looking forward to, cool. to working on that and taking some time and maybe doing yeah. some basing for it. Dude, the lock and load in general is just so sweet. And just to be yeah. able to meet like all of the people like. Yeah. I mean, just standing around talking about Wilson yeah. and hanging out with us. I really and enjoyed taking a look at the Infernal studio scheme because we haven't really seen very much leading up. Mm. Uh, we haven't really got to see the studio schemes for the Infernals, uh, but they had it on display in the case in the store. Yeah. And then they also had some of the upcoming Monpok models like uh, Cybercon and general hondo and some of those other yeah. models that are coming up in the next couple of months uh fully painted in studio scheme and yeah. uh the cybercon is such a cool model <laughs> so he's kind of short but that model is really awesome yeah so let's talk about um some of the other things that was shared over lock and load uh, what, what are some of the things that we can look forward to maybe some changes that are coming mm-hmm. to war machine 
Oh, yeah. good old rec points, I'm assuming you're alluding to there. Yeah, that are, and, yeah. Uh, the requisition points. Yeah, which is actually really cool and has uh, kind of revitalized a few few thoughts and schemes and like, getting trolls are kind of getting getting a, a mini CID almost. Like, <laughs> another little little buff and like the theme changes, I know they're getting rid of, or molding, they're, melding a few yeah, themes. They're melding some of the themes that are too restrictive together, like Secret Masters and I think, see, I kept thinking it was Call of the Wild. Or wild hunt. Yeah. I always mix up the wolf yeah. sworn and the the beast list. Uh, someone was I was thinking it was the secret masters and the beast list, and someone later was telling me that it's actually secret masters and the wolf sworn, which kind of makes sense because the druids are the messengers. They're the ones that go out and recruit people and blah blah blah. So it kind of looks like actually the four main hordes factions are the ones that two theme forces are going to be coming together. Yeah. So each for each one of them. And, and one of the things I noticed in Disciple of Agony is they used to be restricted to certain casters, and now it's going to be opened up to more casters, yeah, too, yeah. I heard. So. Yeah. So, like, but, yeah, but the combining of the two theme forces, that's yeah. going to be interesting. So construction's going to look fun. Yeah, yeah. it's like the rec points, like, the, just in case, you know, everyone doesn't know, is essentially uh, one free card for every 25 points you're playing of the game, not of how many points you have right. of beasts or units or battle engines. It's just yeah. flat out, you're playing a 75-point game, you get... Three free cards. Yeah. That simple. See, three, I love that. Three things from the requisition pool, which is a little yeah. different. Because one of the yeah. things I heard is that for one of your requisition points, you can take three Gallus Groves. Oh. So it sounds like it's going to be about five to six points worth of models. Yeah. Sometimes support, um, yeah. you know, like groups of three support models. So I, I was assume one of the options for a retribution will probably be like three Arcanists is one of the things that you can take for a requisition point. Um, like I said, they're changing them around a little bit. They kept yeah. saying multiple times they were trying not to mess with lists and people have already invested in, such as four gremlin swarms in um, yeah. Grimkin. Right? Is yeah. is that way? One wreck point is going to be able to use for two gremlin swarms. So you can still have your four swarms. You, you know, two wreck points. Yeah, I'm sure if convergence yeah. is going to be a similar with uh, that's the conservators. Yeah, that's still pretty good though. If it's two oh, yeah. swarms for one wreck point, you oh, still it's... get the four plus you get one more, which you weren't able to achieve right. unless you did some real good points finagling. Well, what yeah. I like too is the uh, power of Dunia. The uh, the Dunia knot is going to be a free option, so that's a six yeah. pointer yeah. instead of like the fours or maybe a five pointer here or there in that theme. You know, which is well, what's interesting is it. I think one of the big the big questions is some of those some of those figures some of those models or units whatever that that used to be free and in, in a certain theme how do they translate to be a rec you know part you know to for these recommendations so like for example for legion i think the big question is about the hellmouths um, yeah. and what are they going to do to the hellmouths and yeah. and and well, i think it just be one rec Probably. Well, yeah, that, 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 see, that would make sense. I'm sure that there are people who are clamoring for more changes to that, but, uh, <laughs> um, but, and you know, and I think about you know, my my Crea is free in Imperial Warhouse at seven points, and will will that continue to be so? Um, it's higher than that five or six window right there. The other, yeah. So those are those are things that they have to play around with to yeah. make it kind of more balanced. I, th I think they may. I don't know. I would like to honestly. I would like to to see them cut the seven point options um, to help tone back how egregious the free point value things are, because mm. that is one of the big issues sometimes, especially with like irregulars, where you're taking you're taking Alton Ashley, Eris, and something else, and you're talking about almost twenty points in free models, yeah. as compared to something else where like Bones of Orberus, you're getting. 11 points at most yeah and it's a very very big difference and that was kind of one of the, that's kind of one of the things that is is the issue in the game is that too many points worth of free models are getting are getting used and i think that's what this is supposed to try and fix mm -hmm. um i don't have a problem with lord of the feast not being a free model i don't think with how powerful that model is and how many problems it's causing I would not have any problem with it not being a free choice and just having to pay the six points for it. And that way you know that that model is actually getting paid for and it's not just a free six-point model that does a ton of work. Yeah. Well, they alluded to making a change to Lord of the Feast as well. There's been some, yeah, yeah. there were some mentions about some alterations like the bird-only range eight, the going back to one-inch melee range. 
Uh, one solution that I heard is like, don't let them place anywhere base to base. Just make it like basically a straight line to pretty much like the Lord of the Feast pulls themselves to it. Okay. Uh, which I think is a little more thematic of like, what's that over there? Oh gosh, it's in my face! Like, yeah. uh, I think that would be a little bit better. I mean, yeah, if you left everything the same and just did it like that, that'd be interesting. Or, like I said, I mean, leave the bird yeah, at the yeah. end is fine, and a one-inch reach and anywhere is fine. It's that, I think it's that combination of, yeah, yeah. of all if, of it. Just one small change, not a lot. Just, if it's yeah, the pull thing like that, yeah. then, then placements, there's, there's you can better kind of plan around. for that. You yeah. know, the walls will matter more. And yeah. Things like that. Shield guard, well, I yeah. And yeah. if you just turn it, if you yeah. basically just turn it into a drag, then it would just go straight forward until it stopped, yeah. and then that's where it got placed. So yeah. you could shield guard it back into your line, so that the feast gets stuck in your front line and then has to attack the front line. Yeah. Instead of being all the way in the back next to your caster, eating your support and killing a heavy. Yeah. Or almost killing a heavy that now has to try and turn around. Yeah. Yeah, I, th yeah, I think that's one of those pieces that um, the for like new players to. You, you know, it's really hard for you to plan against, yeah. you know, to play against, yeah. you know, because it just comes in and just, you know, wrecks face. And if you're a new player using it, you feel good about yourself. But if you're a new player not using it, you're like, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, I'm cautiously optimistic about the requisition pool. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I've heard confirmation if it's going to be like a specific pool based off of which theme force you are. It would be kind of interesting to see them make a specific pool that you pull from for all theme forces. So then it looks more like support models that you would want to add into the army rather than like your key combat solos that you want. Mm. So you still have to pay for your combat solos in the theme, but it's like you get free black clads in any yeah. theme or free gallus groves in any theme, mm. that type of a thing. That would open it up big time. I love some Dunia Knot and some other themes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so when Oblivion drops, mm -hmm. um, my understanding is that there'll be the campaign book, yep. the model that comes with it, Hermit and Hermit, and then the and then there's going to be a newly printed Digest Rules. Yep. That's going that's going to be in that box set, yep. and it's going to have so, so some of the updates and some of the changes that they have been. Kind of FAQing, mm -hmm. um, and then and then I think there's going to be a new section about the new green thing forces. Yeah, in those so. boxes too. So yes, yes, that's 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 okay. Yeah, and yes. Warbeast packs went away. Yeah, right? Warbeast packs are just turning yeah. into groups of lessers that you purchase. Probably similar to Kravitz is yeah. what I'm going to guess because Kravitz are seven points for two of them, and it's like why don't you just do that for the beast packs and then yeah. it's way you don't need an entire page of rules for something that two factions have that don't ever get used. Yeah. Hardly ever. Yeah. Unless okay. you're unless you're JVM and playing the the swarms in Legion, because he's a madman. Yeah. I just realized my Signar uh, Sons of the Tempest might not get five free cards anymore. Oh. oh. oh I, I'm really sad <laughs> about that. Our I mean... collective hearts weep. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, see one more uh, they mentioned something about the steamroller packet. Um, where what do they just fall on that? So I think Hungerford and I think it was the finals or something was saying that like uh, pretty much where it was on week two CID where it ended there is basically what we're going to see for the scenarios. Oh, okay. so that's going to be how you know how they were on the edge and everything like that. Like that is what they are going to to be. So that's kind of fun. I mean, pretty much brings back to a lot of those fun factions of ambushing. You know, trolls and circle. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, Gatorman husks even be fun in that. <laughs> I saying. don't think I like Gatorman husks. They might bring back the ambushers. <sighs> I play against Bogtrog ambushers. Make them relevant again. Their, name, their names aren't Bogtrog deployers. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, make Bogs great again. Yeah. I've got a unit of Bogs that I'd love to ambush. Yeah. Currently, they're standing on the shelf. I got two painted units. <laughs> oh well. I don't think I have Bogtrog. Mm. Yeah, you know when you're a new player and you just kind of get stuff, you know, randomly, and you don't know what you're getting, yeah. and sometimes you get stuff that other people are like, I'm never gonna use that. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason why they sold it. <laughs> no, yeah. you don't want three units of slaughterhousers. Oh man, oh. I just want to be able to use my two units. Of slaughterhousers. <laughs> I bought those things in Mark Two. Uh, 
to play in a Mosar list to be my anti Bradigus list. And I only ever got to play the matchup one time and it felt like it did pretty good. Yeah. Um, but Mosar has some hammer, so every time a beast advances at least one inch, they take D3 damage, and then the Slaughterhousers have Finisher. Oh, and you're like, oh, sweet, cool. I uh, just get four dice on a charge against you. <laughs> nice. I was, yeah, this weekend was fun. I was able to roll some, some pretty fun dice sometimes. I mean, charging weapon masters are super fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Grail got to finish off a desert hydra by himself. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of you, but I'm really sad for the desert hydra. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the one more thing, the uh, kind of the big announcement, I guess, that they tested was that Warcaster. Uh, oh, yes. What's the rest of the tag to that? Like some futuristic sounding. Uh, it's Neo Mechanica. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which seemed kind of kind of neat. and Space Machine. Yeah, exactly. Some Space Machine with no magic and War, what, what War conversion Machine So I actually think, um, so if you ever played Frostgrave, when you, when you build your wizard, you you have you get to actually pick your spells and and there's some you know, limitations on what spells you can pick, but but you build your wizard and then you pay for your warband and so every time you play you know Frostgrave you're playing uh, you know against someone else in the, in its sort of campaign mode or whatever yeah. but but when you first hit the table what they come up with is completely different than what you come up with yeah and. And so my understanding is that you're gonna you're gonna have like a warcaster, but you get to build your warcaster. So it's gonna and you get to build your warjacks and, and your warjacks. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I feel like it's like it's more of a frostgrave. Thing. It's like if frostgrave met war machine in the future. Yeah. Is is what we're looking at, yeah. and that is terribly exciting. It's that fine balance between uh, you know full on full scale miniature war game. And then RPGs, right? Yeah. We love our RPGs because we love building our characters and we and love advancing our characters. Yeah. And, and now we get to do it on the table where it matters more because you're you you built that model and you painted it. Right. Yeah. So And it is supposed to be their new full scale miniatures game that they are actually releasing like a full yeah. game like War Machine. I again cautiously optimistic. Unfortunately we didn't see anything. Well when you say full scale, it's still I think a skirmish. I think yeah. I'm looking online here, and it looks like it says that it's about three to five models on the three. To per, no, no, it should be more than that. on the table, and it will have twenty to thirty models. There it is. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, again, cautiously optimistic. Unfortunately, we didn't. The video that they showed during the keynote is just a bunch of swirling space and someone talking. Uh, so we don't really. We didn't get to see anything definitive. It's supposed to be releasing next year. Uh, in combination with the 20-year anniversary of Privateer Press. Yeah. And uh, I, I really hope that they do a good job and it doesn't just become a race to whatever the best combo is. And yeah. then that's what everyone plays. Yeah. I hope that they do a really good job balancing it. And that's kind of... So, yeah. Cautious? I'm not cautious at all. I'll dive in. Because <laughs> um, I like to play games and I like... And I'm on a quest to play all the games. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, but but I love this because it feels to me like Privateer Press is really stepping up and they, you know, they're a big boy company, you know, and one of the things that is so different between like GW and all of the other game makers is, you know, they have a million things in their line and they really, they primarily support two full-on support, yeah. you know, but they have a million things going. And so Privateer Press supports the one and has a few things going, you know, Montauk and Riot yeah. Press and things like that. And so now they're going to, now they're going to have another game in their, in their arsenal that they're going to be supporting. And I think that, I think that's an, an incredible statement of, of just optimism and hope and future for the company as a player, because you know that the games that you're playing aren't, aren't going to. The, the, the company plans on growing and expanding. They're not dying. They're not going away. Yeah. You know, and I've never had that fear, but but I know that some people have that fear. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and oh, yeah. and so this is, it's a great time to be a Privateer Press fan. You know, because Monpox is a great game. Right? Yeah. Quest sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, Warcaster coming out next next year. There's a lot of things to play. Mm-hmm. So, and then they're looting a little bit of the convergence. Uh, the symbol in the video oh yeah yeah, the, we'll yeah that's kind of where so what's going on with the storyline currently in the infernals 
Uh, also looks like it kind of they've already, so they've already said that Riot Quest is an alternate branch in history, which it looks like basically is the Infernal show up, they wreck everything, and they then leave. they go away. They collect their debt and they leave, and they leave a shattered shell of the Iron Kingdoms, and that's where Riot Quest picks up. And then they've alluded to the storyline progressing, where it basically turns into a long, another long-winded war that's going to dredge on for years and years and years uh, as you know humanity fights back and maybe reaches towards Cirrus in the stars and gets power from there. And then Warcaster alludes to they try that, it still fails, and uh, there's a shattered shell and humanity flees to the stars and they flee to the other side of the galaxy and Warcaster takes place 5,000 years in the future after they've kind of expended Cirrus's power and are on the verge of once again collapsing uh, on the other end of the galaxy after spreading to <laughs> so that's exciting I, I love space I, I love I love sci-fi it's probably my favorite genre yeah. you know and so I'm really excited that Private Press is getting yeah. into that I'm so. I'm interested and excited to see the like the new design space and things like that and yeah. you're gonna have you know Warcasters and Warjacks that are gonna be customizable like, I really hope that there's a lot of modification of things you can do. Like, you can do in other miniatures games. Like, in, in GW games, there's a lot of different weapon components and things like that that you can swap onto to customize your armies. And that would be really cool to see because I yeah. already really like the Iron Kingdoms RP or IP. Um, it'd be interesting to see another take on it. Yeah. So, I, I think that's great. I'm super, super excited. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to send us a demo kit, we can totally review it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We'll do an unboxing. Yeah. It, you know, I'm friends yeah. with Matt now. Exactly. I mean, I just, met him. I just met him, so now we can, you know. You know, what's really funny, actually, is I mentioned that, um, you know, that we we enjoy, we have a podcast and we enjoy talking about all the games we play. And, and, I, and I did tell him that we talk about other games, too, not just, you know, War Machine or whatever. And he was the one who rung me up for when I bought the paints. And... And so, and the conversation kind of moved on after, after that and, and we get done with the transaction and he gives my change back and, and he goes, so what's your podcast name? And I was like, oh, Spellstorm yeah. Miniatures. And, and did, I, did and, you hand him a card? Um, I didn't have one on me at that moment because oh. it was in my bag. You failed. And so you should have told me. I, I totally failed. I still had a bunch. Oh yeah. I still have so, some. Uh, anyway. Um, you failed too. So, <laughs> but I, but I did tell him, I said, you know, it's named after Kane's weapon. And so that memory mnemonic, maybe it'll trigger later this week and he'll download an episode and listen. And, <laughs> yeah. and maybe he heard that bit. Maybe he'll send us a, a, a preview of Warcaster. Well, when we see, when we see a Notorious uh, Piggy Smalls on the dev chat, yeah. we'll just have to shout out and remind them. There it is. Yeah, we'll send him a thing. And, and I think we're going to uh, try to get Oz on this summer, too, to talk about Monpok. And so I know they're, they're going to be in a busy season um, because of the Gen Con coming up. But hopefully we can find a nice window that works for all of us. Oh, yeah. I was just so. talking about... Uh, so I, I asked him Saturday night. I was like, so what's up with the uh, the armored shark that you mentioned that was in the... Oh, yeah, dude. The, the new factions. Yes. Yeah. There's an armored shark that's coming. You have to play Monpok, Dan. You have oh, yeah, to play Monpok. Is it going to be for the... For the uh, it's for the Tritons. for protectors. It's, it's a oh, protector. Oh, protector side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want oh. to switch to the... Go that's to the okay. Side. I'll both I'm sides. I want to you up with it. I want you the know, Kraken dude and the... Alex the needs an army and then you got to play protectors. I know. Both Tritons. I don't know, but isn't the the other guys, the destroyers, having like a... like. A T Rex and mechanized suit, pretty much. What's that dude? It's a that's Cybercon. That's yeah. Cybercon. Or sorry, yeah. I'm not as much into the, the lore of that side as cool models. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can get a little uh, bit of both. But you only need a few few units and a, yeah. and a monster. You can play a a single monster game with a monster you love the most. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, so he was talking about all the different stuff that's in the Tritons, and one of them was uh, from the original one that he's kind of bringing back and revamping. Um, into Monpok 2.0, and one of them was a giant lobster monster, and I was like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> Give me a giant lobster monster to throw people into buildings, yeah. please! I love the vision for Monpok, and, you know, when I was just talking about the, 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 the doing the two agendas, and just yeah. having the two agendas, and being, and not being a faction-specific player yeah just playing agendas and mix maxing on that yeah uh, mixing and matching on that is what i meant to say 
on your on whatever agenda you're you're playing for that day. And that that leads that leads to a lot of creativity yeah. for them as they make the game. And then for me as a player, like, you know, I really don't want to buy that unit. Yeah. But I can buy this unit and run it with my guys and it's no big deal. Like, I really like Defender X, but I don't want to have to play Sky Sentinel or wait for another monster. Right. Well, I can just pick up Terracon or I can pick yeah. up Kraken well, Octus. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing Defender X and uh, and the Apes. And King Kondo. King Kondo. That's his name. I couldn't remember his name. There's going to be General a, Hondo, my name. Did you my see the, the Ice <laughs> Ape that's also coming? Yes, there's going to be an Ice Ape. Yeah. And the little ape units have like I, rocket launchers on their back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and Oz told me this morning that they can use uh, Power Dice. Yeah. Oh! Yep. And okay. there's also a He's giant passing. for pterosaurs. There's going to be a big pterodactyl monster that's coming. There's yeah. another monster for yeah. Lords of Thule. There's another Martian monster that's coming. Yeah, there's, they yeah. pretty go. I, yeah. I can't remember everything. Do yourselves a favor if you're listening and you care about Monster Apocalypse or you know, all the other right, yeah. PB. IP, uh, go check out the keynote video. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's only like about 45 minutes or so. Uh, and there's a lot of really awesome stuff. Like I'll try to put the link awesome in the show content. notes. So, cool, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, why don't we wrap up our conversation today? Talk to me about what's on your hobby desk. Uh, well, you know, since I didn't go play games, I had time to finish up Kogrima, which I was halfway sad about because it was that, oh, I wanted to get it finished before lock and load, but I'll just uh, crush through and get it done. Yeah. During but lock and load. I know, During right? lock and load. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then kind of moving on, uh, picked up like a Toro kit, so I was putting that together since I recently got a, a Crucible Guard army and, you know, nice. Mercs are looking fun. But now with the uh, rec points coming out, I might have to uh, assemble those meat threshers sooner than later. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, you know. I'm, I'm torn in which direction to go to next. <laughs> okay. What's on your hobby desk? Uh, so I've gotten some of the Orc Commission stuff done. I've got a Noise Marine that I'm supposed to be doing an 80s, 80s rock star uh, theme, but I don't know what I'm doing with it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kraken Octus, I've still got a bunch of other... I managed to get all of the Monpok except for Kraken Octus that I wanted to get done before lock and load. So I've got like one more building to paint, Kraken Octus that I haven't figured out what I'm doing for his paint scheme yet. Uh, and then I've got all my other, you know, still working on getting my circle done by the end of the year. Uh, and then eventually I'm going to be working on Infernals as I start getting it next month and slowly putting it together and, and working nice. on painting it once I figure out a paint scheme for it. Nice. Uh, I really wanted to get my Desert Hydra done for Lock and Load and I had bought those contrast paints. And I got all the basing done for it, pretty much. And it looks really good. And Curtis came up to me and told me, you know, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but that looks really good from a distance. <laughs> and because, um, and, you know, when you get closer, you can see that it's not done yet. But a lot of folks actually came up and gave me some compliments on it. And someone actually thought it was done. And I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, no, it's not, not you know, not done. So... So my goal is to finish it and and you know do you know give it a good give it, get a good finish, and then um, and then I have to assemble some Monpok this week because I owe Ozzy some Monpok games. Yeah, you and do. So okay. he's uh, he's got a, a leg up on me. He his have a full two list army fully painted. So or two yeah. monster army. Wow. Yeah. So but speaking of go Curtis. Yeah, and speaking of Curtis, so we need to shout out Curtis. He's a local. He's been working on a. Diorama? Yeah, well, yeah, I yeah. guess uh, yeah, a showpiece. A showpiece? Yeah. Yeah, and who's the model? So that's Horgle. Horgle 1. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, the yeah hammer Horgle. and sword. Yeah. And he's, um, in, in the scene, he's approaching a green dice that's lit up. Yeah, he actually put a bulb in it and your LED and was able to light it up. And so when he painted the model, it shows the reflection of the lights that's coming from yeah. the source. So, and he actually kind of did two light sources because the sword is sort of behind his head. Yeah. And so you see the light from the sword on the back of the model, and you see the light from the green um, dice lit up on the front of the model. It's it's really impressive. Yeah. And so he submitted it. Yeah. And he won yeah, well, an award. Yeah. yeah. I know. I wanted to say he's an award-winning painter. Yeah, he, like, he got his yeah, bronze absolutely. on there. He got bronze. Was, I mean, his goal but, was to get there, and I, I mean, he yeah. did a great job, and I think oh, great motivation for yeah. him to yeah. go on. I, I think last year, we went to dinner Sunday before some of us drove back, and I think he was talking about last year he submitted, and I 
think, just barely missed on getting bronze. And so he decided to kind of, like, take the criticism, you know, the constructive criticism and yeah. stuff that, that he got last year and worked really hard this year. Did a fantastic job. I got to see the piece. It was awesome. Um, the person who ended up winning, Grand Painter, Grandmaster Painter, was, I believe his, his name is Todd. I believe his last name is McNeil. He's an incredibly talented painter. He's actually the painting judge at Attack X that's in Kamloops. Oh, wow. And he also approached Curtis and, and gave him some tips and points uh, and some critiques and then also some compliments about things that he did do well. Yeah. And uh, Curtis was very thankful for that. He was talking yeah. about it on the ride home last night. Um, so shout out to Curtis. One Huge of the guys yeah. who did an amazing job and placed. Yeah. Uh, I also kind of want to... I want to give a shout out to Perry because Perry shows up Wednesday nights and he, he plays games occasionally, but he's been hammering out mercenaries. He's painted 500 points worth of mercenaries inside of like four months oh, or something like what that. What an incredible clip. And I was giving him a hard time because Saturday night he was, he was assembling a blockader and then Sunday he and Scott were sitting down and playing a game. I was like, hey, Perry, that blockader's not painted. Come on, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only unpainted model on his entire side of the field. He was oh, like, I know, I told my wife and she was giving me a hard time too. But like, yeah. oh, you don't have it done already, Perry? Come on. <laughs> that, that madman painted like eight warjacks in three days or something like that yeah. leading up to That's crazy to That's like, crazy talk. And his stuff, his stuff is fantastic. He did kind of a more military uh, yeah. themed for like his steelheads and everything and that army looks so gorgeous on the yeah. table altogether. So, yeah, so Lock and Load was great, and uh, we got things on our hobby table to get ready for whatever next event we happen to be going to. Uh, for those of you that are listening and like traveling, uh, the next one I just want to clue you into is the NorCal Classic. That's going to be August 9th through 11th at Game Castle in Mountain View, California. And uh, I hope that you have a great summer of gaming. We'll be back in a short bit uh, for another episode soon, and... And then we'll talk about our gaming experiences and things like that and some yep. of the fun things we've done. Um, hey, if you like what we do and uh, you like hearing our awesome voices talk about awesome things, uh, why don't you just give us a shout out and whatever app you're listening to, give us a, give us a good rating. Um, if you have any questions or you want to interact with, interact with us uh, personally, uh, we are all on some random discords and also on the Facebook. You can go to our website directly at spellstormminiatures.com. Uh, you can even email us at spellstormminiatures at gmail.com and, uh, and just uh, let us know how we're doing. Thanks.